June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the new intelligence from the FBI that warns of a domestic terror attack in the nation's capital tomorrow, including plans to take control of the U.S. Capitol and remove Democratic lawmakers. The U.S. Capitol under heightened security with new threats tonight from domestic violent extremists. As the head of the Capitol Police reveals, there's been a 93 percent increase in threats to members of Congress. Neanderthal thinking. The president blasts states like Texas for lifting COVID restrictions and ending mask mandates. What business owners are saying tonight? Cuomo refuses to resign. The New York governor breaks his silence after accusations of sexual harassment. And I truly and deeply apologize for it. I feel awful about it. Tonight, the reaction from his accusers. American killed in Iraq. A defense contractor dies as 10 rockets strike a U.S. air base, the very same base that almost brought the U.S. and Iran to war last year. Fewer stimulus checks. President Biden agrees to limit who gets direct payments. What you and your family need to know. Women and the pandemic. Tonight, as women shoulder much of the COVID burden, we focus on Latinas and their families who have been especially hard hit. Battle Royale. Buckingham Palace announces an investigation into Meghan Markle. Tonight, the Duchess of Sussex responds. And bridging the digital divide. A mom's crusade to get every student a laptop. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with news on a chilling and dangerous new domestic terror threat against the U.S. Capitol. Tonight, CBS News has obtained an FBI intelligence bulletin warning that groups have discussed plans to take control of the Capitol as soon as tomorrow and that they are targeting Democratic lawmakers. U.S. Capitol Police say they also have evidence of a possible plot by a militia group to launch an attack in the next 24 hours. Now, sources tell CBS News that intelligence officials are focusing on groups that stormed the Capitol on January 6th, saying some are fixated on this QAnon conspiracy theory that Donald Trump is going to take over again as president tomorrow, March 4th. Well, that's the date that presidential inaugurations were held until 1937. Well, tonight, police and lawmakers are taking these new warnings of violence very seriously, and they aren't taking any chances. House votes that were scheduled for tomorrow have now been canceled or moved up to this evening, and security is being stepped up, including for impeachment managers. All of this, as we're hearing for the first time tonight from the head of Washington's National Guard about restrictions he says kept him from deploying troops to fight back as the Capitol was under siege back in January. So a lot of new questions tonight. We've got a lot of new reporting for you and your family and our team standing by. CBS's Jeff Pegues is going to lead off our coverage from Capitol Hill. Good evening, Jeff. And Nora, with the House canceling some business tomorrow, there are a lot of staff members here who decided that they're just going to stay home. This is Capitol Police call for reinforcements as the DHS and FBI warn of the possibility of more attacks. Tonight, the Capitol locking down again ahead of more threats from domestic extremists, including many who attacked the building on January 6th. This new bulletin obtained by CBS News warns of more violence with little or no warning. The threat is driven by a QAnon conspiracy theory that former President Trump will be inaugurated tomorrow, March 4th. Right now, the acting chief of the U.S. Capitol Police said threats against lawmakers have almost doubled in the last year. We know that the threats are through the roof. The bulletin also mentions militia plans to take control of the U.S. Capitol and remove Democratic lawmakers. One group the FBI is warning about is the Three Percenters, an anti-government group, some of whom were arrested after the Capitol assault and seen here in this training video. Security around the Capitol is being fortified because of the threats with more police on duty, and the National Guard will maintain its presence. We have enhanced our security posture. You better run, cops! Meanwhile, law enforcement continues to face tough questions about failures in the response to the insurrection, including why it took so long for the National Guard to respond. The Guard's D.C. commander blamed inaction by the Pentagon. The Army senior leaders did not think that it looked good, it would be a good optic. They further stated that it could, for, it could incite the, uh, the crowd. Extremists have called tomorrow the true inauguration day. It'll be another real test for law enforcement that is still trying to learn how to confront this evolving threat. Nora. Jeff Begays, thank you. And tonight, there is intense pushback against orders in Texas and other states to lift mask mandates and reopen businesses 100 percent. President Biden and public health officials say the timing of the loosened COVID restrictions couldn't be worse. We get more now from CBS's Janet Shamlian. Rollback from the Texas governor reopening the state was fast and furious. From the president. The last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking. To the CDC director. And the exact measures we have taken to stop the pandemic are now too often being flagrantly ignored. And on the ground in Houston, Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo. 
I can't sit by quietly while somebody tells my constituents that everything's okay, that life can go back to normal, when I know those words will lead to death. You believe the governor's loosening of restrictions will lead to more deaths? Oh, I'm certain of it. Texas will be one of 16 states without a mask mandate. Mississippi dropped its requirement today. But businesses like Houston's St. Arnold Brewing Company won't be following the governor's guidance. We are going to follow the CDC guidelines. We disagree with that uh, ruling. How do you think your clientele will react to your keeping your masks thing in place? So far, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. It's really adapting on the fly. And I think bars and restaurants and businesses have been doing that for almost a year now. Target, Kroger, and Macy's, among retailers, saying they, too, will still enforce masks in stores. CBS News has learned the CDC will release guidance tomorrow on what fully vaccinated Americans can do, including small gatherings without masks. Governor Abbott pointed to increased vaccinations, a one-day record this week. But with a population of 29 million, the state ranks among the last in doses administered per person. Texas now reporting about 7,000 new cases each day. That number was 5,000 a day when the governor reordered a lockdown last summer. 95% of people in this state have not yet received their two vaccines. We've got a long, long way to go. We know that the virus hasn't disappeared and we've got to continue buckling down. Even as they will continue to observe social distancing and masks at St. Arnold's, it's important to note that there are a lot of people in Texas who are very happy with this decision, overjoyed even. They say they're ready to get back to normal, despite the medical guidance. Nora? Janet Chamlian, thank you. All right, tonight, two former aides to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo are rejecting his apology. They are among the three women who accuse the governor of inappropriate conduct. Cuomo says he's sorry and embarrassed, but he won't resign from office. CBS's Jerika Duncan reports tonight from Albany, New York. I'm not going to resign. Pushing back against calls to step aside, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo publicly addressed the sexual harassment firestorm involving three women. I now understand that I acted in a way that made people feel uncomfortable. It was unintentional, and I truly and deeply apologize for it. I never touched anyone inappropriately. One of the women, former staffer Charlotte Bennett, claims the governor asked her last summer whether she was monogamous in her relationships and if she had ever had sex with older men. What he did with uh, Charlotte is classic sexual harassment. Deborah Katz, Bennett's attorney, is speaking publicly about her client for the first time. She reported his behavior to his chief of staff and then spoke to his legal counsel and detailed the harassment. And it is inconceivable that he did not know that this behavior was uh, very harmful to her. The two other accusers claim Governor Cuomo did touch them inappropriately. Former staffer 36-year-old Lindsay Boylan claims Cuomo kissed her without her consent. And Anna Ruck, the most recent accuser, released this photo and claims at a 2019 wedding reception, the governor tried to kiss her. You can find... Uh, hundreds of pictures of me uh, making the same gesture. If they were offended by it, 
then it was wrong. For the governor to say, I never touched anybody inappropriately, the world saw that picture. If today he took the microphone and said, I looked at that picture and that was inappropriate, and I clearly touched her inappropriately, and I'm sorry, I'd have a lot more respect for his position. Cuomo stated that he fully supports a woman's right to come forward and says it should be encouraged. My interview with Deborah Katz, the attorney, she said that she's confident that there will be more women with more allegations in the coming days. Nora? Jerika Duncan, thank you. Tonight, urgent discussions are being held at the White House and Pentagon about how to respond to a rocket attack on an airbase in Iraq that houses U.S. troops. An American contractor died of a heart attack. We get late details tonight from David Martin at the Pentagon. You can see the tubes from which the rockets were launched and what the backblast of the engines did to the truck, which carried them into firing position. Ten landed inside Al-Assad Air Base, where U.S. troops are located 120 miles west of Baghdad. The American contractor had taken cover in one of these sandbag bunkers, but suffered a heart attack and died shortly afterward. President Biden stopped short of blaming the usual suspects, Iranian-backed militias. We're uh, identifying who's responsible, and we'll make judgments from that point. The rockets were a clear sign last week's U.S. airstrike against this outpost, controlled by Iranian-backed militias responsible for previous attacks, did not convince them to back off. Certainly this is a troubling development, and not what anybody wanted to see. Holy Holy Fourteen months ago, there was a much larger attack by Iran on al-Assad recorded by an American drone. Army Major Alan Johnson described it in this interview with 60 Minutes. I remember being in that bunker, locked arms with the soldier next to me, and we were saying the Our Father over and over again. Johnson and the rest of the troops at al-Assad survived that night, but prayers weren't enough in this latest attack. David Martin, CBS News, the Pentagon. And tonight, a former White House physician is at the center of a scathing new Pentagon report. The inspector general's report says Dr. Ronnie Jackson bullied subordinates, made sexual and denigrating comments, and drank alcohol while on duty. Jackson, now a Republican congressman from Texas, treated Presidents Obama and Trump as White House physician. Now, Jackson denies the allegations in the report. And tonight, there's a big change in the COVID stimulus bill that you need to know about. A compromise in the Senate means millions who got checks during the Trump administration won't be getting them this time. CBS's Weijia Zhang joins us now from the White House to explain it all. Good evening, Weijia. Well, Nora, that's right. Moderate Democrats have long complained that the $1,400 checks will go to people who make too much money. And President Biden has to make them happy because he needs every single Democratic senator on board to seal the deal. So under this new agreement, individuals who make $80,000 or less will receive a check. And so will couples, as long as they don't make more than $160,000. Now, these income caps are down from what House lawmakers approved. Moderates also wanted to reduce the amount for emergency unemployment benefits, but the president is standing firm on that figure, $400 a week. Nora. It's such a big uh, stimulus bill. Do we know when it might be passed? So the earliest that senators could vote on this is this weekend before sending it back to the House. And Democrats are scrambling to get a final version to the president by March 14th when the current unemployment benefits run out. All right, Weijia Zhang, thank you. 
And we are learning a lot more tonight about that horrific crash in Southern California that left 13 people dead. Border Patrol says those people were among more than 40 who drove through a hole cut in a border fence in two SUVs on Tuesday. One of those cars caught fire. Everyone survived. The other one, crammed with 25 people, collided with the gravel truck. All 13 who were killed are believed to have entered the U.S. illegally. We're going to turn now to the pandemic's disproportionate toll on women. Women shoulder the COVID burden and Latina women are among the hardest hit. Unemployment among Latinas more than tripled. And new data reveals a third of Latinas with families say they are behind on their rent and one in five didn't have enough to eat. Particularly hard hit the millions of those women who are undocumented. Tonight, CBS's Lilia Luciano continues our series, Women and the Pandemic. Esperanza Hernandez and her two daughters are living in this small apartment with a shower curtain to create a bedroom. You've always felt that you've lived under the shadows, but at least before you were able to make ends meet. Undocumented, Esperanza has always worked full time. In November, she became ill with COVID and spent three weeks in the ICU. Her 19-year-old daughter, Andrea, born in the U.S., now earns the family's only income while also going to college. Work, take her to the hospital, um, take care of my sister. I didn't expect to be responsible for every single detail within my household. The pandemic hit the service industry hard, eliminating jobs in restaurants, housekeeping, and childcare. For many undocumented women, their only safety net? Their kids. No unemployment, no stimulus, no disability. No rental assistance? Nothing. That's not available at all for her. So it's just, okay, how can I make ends meet? They were not eligible for the stimulus check, even though they work uh, and have contributed uh, taxes to our economy. Neighborhood food donations are a lifeline for Maria and her three American children. Her husband died in January of a heart attack. She and her son, Leo, 21, were laid off from bakery jobs. There is no work. No, no trabajo. Leo's unemployment check is the only income. Give my mom some money to pay the rent, food. You can't afford to be poor. Being poor is the most expensive way of life. Esperanza and her daughters survived COVID, but they're not sure they can survive the fallout. Lilia Luciano, CBS News, Los Angeles. Tonight, the mayor of Chicago and the head of its police department are making sweeping changes to the way police execute search warrants. The move comes after a series of reports on wrongful raids by our CBS Chicago station, WBBM, that also aired here on the CBS Evening News. For the first time, Chicago police will begin tracking these wrongful raids that result from faulty information, such as the violent raid on an innocent woman who was undressed and getting ready for bed. All right, tonight, Buckingham Palace is taking the rare step of investigating a claim of bullying against Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex. The Times of London reported allegations that Markle drove out two personal assistants. A spokesperson for the Duchess said she was saddened by this latest attack on her character. We've learned that an estimated 4.4 million households with students lack consistent access to a computer. Can you imagine that? CBS's Vladimir Dutier on a woman who's trying to even the score. Who's ready to get a laptop today? Tanisha Grant is closing Harlem's digital divide for school children one computer at a time. This is for you, Mama. Her group 
Parent Supporting Parents NYC has helped raise money to get new laptops into the hands of children lacking the essentials for remote learning. Thank you so much. If you can complain about it, you can get up and do something about it. And that's what this activist and mother of three did. I was one of them little black babies that was told that I only deserved hand-me-downs. She's a future leader. Grant has helped give away more than 100 laptops since the school year began. On this day, she gave 23 laptops to kids like 8-year-old Catalia. I guess you're Zooming me on your brand new laptop, right? Yeah. I felt like I was the only one that didn't have one. I felt sad, but with this new laptop, I feel so happy and I feel special. Special, all because of a woman bridging the divide between access and knowledge. I just want my babies to know they can be wherever they want to be. Vladimir Dutier, CBS News, New York. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, one year ago, we spoke with a Harvard scientist who accurately predicted the extent of the pandemic. You've got to hear his new prediction. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with John Stewart wherever you get your podcasts.